is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms. And remember what got you here. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch because we know when we add up all those inches, that, that, that's going to make the f***ing difference between winning and losing. It's down to the wire with, with, with Errol Marks and Speedy Petey. Oh, Petey! On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Down to the Wire. We are live every single Monday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at night. As you know, this is Down to the Wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And you can follow us by going to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. How do you do that? You can go on all our social media from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, You can search us on all the different avenues of social media. And we're also on YouTube. We're also on TuneIn Radio. So check us out if you're not following us. Listen, guys, it takes five seconds, five seconds to go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope. Just like us. That's all you have to do. And every time we go live, you can check out our live shows every single day. Our numbers to call are 1-877-909-9977. As you know, I was in Austin, Texas over the weekend for my friend's bachelor party. It was a crazy experience, and I know we have a lot of sports to talk about, but I tell you this, the people over there in Texas are much nicer than New York people. I, I think the fact is, is that when they see that we're New York people, Texas people just don't like us. They don't, because they hear the stories that we're just honest. When people ask us questions, we just tell them how we feel right off the bat, right off the head. Texas people say, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, they're probably thinking in their head, well, who the hell is this idiot, you know? So when I was there, we went out on the first night, and we walked the boardwalk of 6th Street. And 6th Street is like, it's full of bars and clubs and billiards and all different places. It gets packed. And it was a Wednesday night. It It wasn't like packed like it was Friday or Saturday, but it was packed. And we were walking down the street, and at the end of the night, we were looking for water. So we went into this convenience store on 6th Street. And we walk in, we grab two two bottles, two bottles of water, and we walked it up to the cash register. And we say, how much? And he says, 1050. I said, two bottles of water, 1050. Where do you think we were born yesterday? And then we're sitting there and we're, talk- we're looking at each other, me and my friend, who's the bachelor, and we're just looking at each other. And I'm like, are they really going to charge us f- $10 for two bottles of water? And they could tell that we're New Yorkers. So my friend Barry started cursing at him. <laughs> we walk out and I said, we're going to come back here another day. We're going to come back here another day and we're going to go to the same place and we're going to grab the same orders and we're going to see how much they're going to charge us the next time we come here. The last day, which was Saturday night, we walked the boardwalk for the second time since we were there because we did a lot of other things. There was a lot to do. And we walk into the same store, 
picked up the same waters and brought it to the cash register. You know what they charge us for those two waters? Double digits still. Three eighty. Three dollars and eighty cents. I looked at the guy, the same guy that charged us that night at one o'clock in the morning, ten fifty. And I said, I started, I don't even want to tell you on air what I was saying to him, but I said, I don't know who gives you guys the right to charge $10.50 for two bottles of water on Wednesday night. I thought they would have charged you And you're lucky, I I told him straight out, you're lucky I'm not going to climb over this desk and punch you right in the face. That's pretty much what I said. In other words, we walked out of the place and I told Barry, I said, you see, they changed the price. They look at us because we're suckers. We're New Yorkers. We're going to go there. We're going to spend whatever we, they think that we're going to spend whatever they think that they're going to charge us. And I think that was everywhere we went. Everything was overcharged. Everything. Because they, they saw us as New Yorkers. But I have a lot of stories to tell you, but I don't have enough time throughout this show to talk about it. So, Speedy, what did you do over the weekend? I mean, and obviously, I want to give a shout out to all our shows from Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. No shows on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And to me, I'm sorry to the fans. I'm sorry to the fans that didn't see any of the shows live, didn't get the chance to listen to the shows that they're looking forward to listen to every single day. So I want to apologize to all our personalities that didn't show up to the shows on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I was not very happy about that, by the way. I wasn't. I wasn't here. And then people take advantage of it. But Speedy, what did you do over the week when you, you didn't come in for the shows? Uh, I was hanging out with my cousins over the weekend. I was helping them finish their basement. They were installing a pool table, air hockey table, stuff like that. So I was helping them out. And so what do you know about installing pool tables? Absolutely nothing. I just learned it from my uncle. <laughs> Literally my uncle and, his, and my cousin who knew a little bit. He knows a lot of the more scientific stuff. He helped me with that. So I just I held stuff for them and put a screw in if I needed Did you drive? I did not drive, no. Come on, Grandpa. What do, you, what, do you, what, what do we have to do to get this guy to drive? Seriously. We got to get him a car. Anyways, Mikey C., how you doing, man? I heard you went to the Island game yesterday. Yeah, I went last night, and uh, I might go tomorrow and watch McDavid. What did you do over the week besides go to the Islander game, Mike? I know you're, not, you're lost for words half the time. <laughs> well, I mean, same old. You know, I was with my little guy, so that's pretty much it. His soccer, his baseball coaching nothing more nothing less except uh it's becoming an every weekend agenda now with his sports and then i decided to take him to the first game last night well i i want to tell everybody when i was in texas i watched a lot of baseball and i watched a lot of college football because they're big longhorn Mm -hmm. fans over there big longhorn fans so i had the opportunity to talk about college sports with them over there so they love their college sports but i was watching the yankee game on my phone because the place that the A and, A and B that we rented, they had Roku, Roku, whatever is it, Roku or something like that. We couldn't, we couldn't watch any of the games live on our TV because he had no cable to, to, television. So I was watching the games on YouTube most of the time and Facebook, trying to find ways to watch the game live on my phone. And I told you guys that there's no way the Twins are going to win this series. I just I couldn't see... The Twins, no matter how well they played this year, no matter how dominant their pitching staff looked at certain aspects and certain times of the season, they looked dominant. I just didn't think they were good enough to beat the Yankees. And the Yankees are starting to hit, as you can see. And I said that. Aaron Judge is a lifetime, three, I think, 315 hitter in the playoffs. 
Didi Gregorius is like a three, since he's come to the Yankees, he's like a 330 or 320 hitter in the playoffs for the Yankees. Which he hit that grand slam home run in the second game. Which, by the way, Dellen Patance is called. But this team is striking on all cylinders. And by the way, everybody said, oh, the Yankees pitching. It's just not good enough to win. Against arguably the best power-hitting team in baseball, they've given up how many runs, Speedy? I think it's just three so far. No, they've given up four in the first game. Oh, I thought they only gave two. All around, I'm talking about all around runs. Okay. They gave up four in the first game, and they gave up two in the second game. Okay. That's six runs in two games, and this is one of the best power-hitting teams in baseball. So all those fans that say, oh, James Paxson's never pitched in the playoffs. Well, he pitched four and a half innings, he had seven strikeouts, and he gave up four runs. Masahiro Tanaka gave up one run in five innings. That's why I've said this over and over again. Well, the Yankees don't have an ace in the playoffs. Tanaka right now, statistically, is one of the greatest playoff pitchers in history. In six games. He has a 150 ERA, I think it is, 155. His whip is under one. I think he's 4-1 and one as a starter in the playoffs. Now, I don't know about you, that's Bumgarner-esque. 1.54 ERA and a .8 whip. That's Bumgarner-esque. That's, that's what I'm saying. Now, I'm not saying he's Madison Bumgarner, but for some reason when the playoffs start, he's a different pitcher. And we saw that. Bernie Williams was a different player in the playoffs. Derek Jeter was a different player in the playoffs. Paul O'Neill was a different player in the playoffs. Andy Pettit was a different player in the playoffs. Now, that's what Masahiro Tanaka is. So I don't want to hear from Yankee fans, well, we don't have the pitching to win. Yes, you do. You got an ace that can pitch two games and shut you down in the playoffs. You're in good shape of winning that game, especially with the guys you have in your lineup. And especially what you have in your bullpen. So I'm so sick and tired. I listened to Tyler the other day calling his show. He says, there's no way the Yankees are beating the Twins. There's no way the Yankees are beating the he Twins. He said, there's no way the Yankees are beating the Twins. On what, on what basis did he make that from? He also, Mike, a.k.a. The Beef, said the same thing. On what basis? I, have no, I have no Mike, idea. Mike said... I don't trust the Yankees starting pitching. It was simple as that. But the, even if he didn't trust the Yankees starting pitching, it's still better than the Twins starting pitching. No matter how you slice it. I mean, well, as far as statistics show, the starting pitching, the Twins had the better starting pitching throughout the season. But those young players really have never pitched in the playoffs. So we don't know what right, they can the, do in the playoffs. experience cancels out. So that's the only thing. And Paxton was a guy that everybody said, well, we have to see how he pitches in the playoffs. If he, get, if he cuts the... If he cuts it down to three or four runs in the playoffs, the Yankees have a chance to win every single time. So if you can get three to four runs or less from James Paxson, that's a good pitching outing. With seven strikeouts, that's a good pitching outing. Now, is it Garrett Cole right now, or is it 
Justin Verlander? No, it's not. But I'll tell you this right now. As much as the Astros looked good in the first game, they didn't look so great in the second game. And I don't think they're unbeatable like everybody thinks that they are. Now, they're up 2-0 and against the Tampa Bay Rays. 2-1. Oh, they the won Rays won. The Rays won today. Today. Okay. I was working today, so I didn't really get a chance to watch the they game. They blew them out 10-3. And I think the Twins have a very good chance of winning. I, I do. In game three, I said that the Yankees were going to win three games to one. That's what I thought. I thought the Rays series was going to go five games. And I picked the Rays to win that series. And I picked the Rays to beat the Yankees, didn't I? Yeah. You and me both. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, and, I, and, and you want to know something? If the Rays, if the Yankees knock off the Twins and they play Houston, I, and I said, this, I said this when Tyler was here, the Yankees will beat Houston. You said it at our event, too. Mm-hmm. The Yankees will beat Houston. Because I think the Yankees match up very, very well this year against Houston. Especially with DJ LeMayu in that lineup. So, I know a lot of fans out there want to take shots at the Yankees pitching. Their Yankee, the Yankees pitching so far in the playoffs has been pretty good. Their bullpen has been good. Their starting pitching has looked good. They could sweep the Twins. So, I like where the Yankees are at right now. And they've played very, very well in this series. They really have. They surprised me in game number one when they were down. I think it was 2 or 3 nothing. 2 nothing. They surprised me because they weren't hitting a lick in the first two or three innings. It was till the fourth inning where the Yankees started to explode. And by the way, Gardner has looked fantastic in the playoffs, too. I was surprised they hit him in the three-hole initially, but he looks good. He looks fantastic. It really does. Is it his last year? Yeah, this is his last year. No, no, in baseball. No, I don't think it's his last year. I think it's his last year with the Yankees. Oh, yeah, no, no, that I know. I'm just curious if I think it could be his last year in baseball. No, I think he's going to play. <laughs> I, I, I do, and I, I think that Brett Garner could be a Met next year. No. I, I do. I think right now with their defense in their outfield, I can absolutely see Brett Garner be brought in for half the season to be a, a leader on that team and a guy that could play the outfield and help the Mets out defensively. And he can hit still. He had 27 or 28 home runs this year. Listen, juice is a wonderful drug. I don't think he's on juice. <laughs> last year, buddy. Anything could happen. If it's not that, it'll be Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I don't think it's juice. I think Brett Garner's been a bit, He's gotten, as he's gotten older, or as he's, he's grown as, uh, of, uh, of age as a player in baseball, he's become a better power hitter because he pulls the ball. But I, I think the Yankees have been outstanding. Now, John Carlos Dayton has to wake up his bat. But we knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to yeah, happen. The guy hasn't played the whole yes. year. But I, I believe that as if, if the Yankees move on into the playoffs, I think John Carlos Stanton will be more and more dangerous as the playoffs move, move along. When he figures out his, his bat speed and understands how to get back into the box and swing at the ball. As far as the other series... You were saying Houston. Houston looked good in game one, looked okay in game two. And obviously they lost today, looked bad in game three. The Cardinals, which I also picked to win this series against Atlanta, I think the Cardinals are a better team. It's 4-4 right now. They got the winning run in scoring position right now. 
I want to see the Cardinals win. I want to see the Cardinals go and move on because I think they're the only team that's going to knock off the Dodgers. No, I think Atlanta can too if they win. I don't think so. They have the depth too. I, I don't I, think Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta can. I don't. I may, think maybe Soroka could win a Cy Young and then <laughs> <laughs> and possibly knock off the the Dodgers. Well, he pitched well in Game Three, so at least he could do it in the postseason. I do think the Braves do, do have the depth to knock off the Dodgers. I think the Cardinals will, too, if they advance as well, just because of the history. I'm very interested to see when I, when I watch some of these games, especially in National League, it, it, the National League and watching these teams, how they play. They play small ball. A lot of these teams play small ball. It's not power ball in the National League, except with the Dodgers. But even the Dodgers have done that less this year, too, though. Their strikeouts, their batting uh, strikeouts have gone down since last year. The batting average In the American League, up. it's all power. It's all power in the American League. That's the problem I think the Twins are having, too. They're trying to rely too much on the home run ball, and they're not And the Yankees did that for years. Hitting. And the Yankees did that for right. years. And this year, they haven't done that. And you see the difference in their lineup. It took a multitude of injuries to finally change their style at least enough. And bring in Edwin and Carnarcion, who nobody even thought was a good move by the Yankees. They thought it was just to good protect. player, though. Oh, he's, he's a great playoff player. He's been the, one of the Yankees' best hitters in the playoffs. He's been the most I'm consistent. sorry. Why do they call him the Parrot? Oh, uh, because when he hits a home run, he makes it seem – he runs around the plate, the bases. I thought maybe he wanted to be like Captain Morgan. No, he shit. puts his hand out like he's wearing – like he has a parrot in his arm. So they call him the Parrot. Oh, oh my God. How dumb. As far as, you know, all the series, as far as what I've seen so far – the most impressive, most impressive team out of all these teams is the Yankees. I, and it's, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought the Yankees were going to struggle a little bit against the Twins. I thought the Twins would, they would beat the Twins three games to one, but I thought the games would be a lot closer, a lot more interesting. They are not even close. What was it, 10-4 to four the first game? 10-4 to four the first game, 8-2 to two the second. I mean, these weren't even fun games to watch. The Yankees are killing them. And this is one of the best offensive teams, if not the best all-around power offensive team in the league. And they were the best on the road, too. They can't hit against the Yankees pitching. That's saying a lot. By the way, a.k.a. Tyler, who keeps saying that the Yankees don't have pitching and Aaron Boone doesn't know what he's doing. Boy, are you wrong. I I can't stand listening to people put down a manager when he had no management experience, ever, ever since the Yankees gave him the job. None. Joe Girardi had, what, one year with the Marlins when he got the Yankee job? And he won the, he won the uh, head manager coach, of the manager of the year? And the Yankees gave him the job? Well, he, he missed one year. He worked with the Yankees. He was uh, doing broadcasting, play-by-play, and then the Yankees gave him the job when Joe Torre went to the Dodgers. I'm telling you right now, Aaron Boone's first two years have been more, impro- more impressive, more impressive than Joe, Joe Girardi and even Joe Torrey's. Joe Torrey won back-to-back championships. No question that he did. Joe Torrey has management experience. He managed plenty of teams, St. Louis, the Mets. He managed plenty of teams before he got the Yankees job. Aaron Boone has no management experience. None. And he won back-to-back 100 game seasons. He's on his urge of knocking off one of the best power, power, te- power teams in baseball. And he's going to go to another. 
he's going to go to another, well, he's never been to an ALCS, but he's going to get an opportunity for the first time in his career to go to an ALCS. Who do we have on, on the phone right now? You got the snowman on the phone, that's who. The snowman, Snug? No. No, try again. Oh, bro. Ah. How you doing, Brian? Doing good. How are you, sir? I miss you, dude. I miss you. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. You're a married uh, man now. You're a married man now. I am definitely a married man, and I have also since relocated. I oh, am where now you live in North Carolina. Oh, really? Good for you. Yes, sir. Good for you. What made you move over there? Got a broadcasting job here, and wife and I have spoken about living in North Carolina, so we decided to take the leap and go for it. All right. What, what broadcasting job are you doing out there? Doing some high school play-by-play for now, but I'm making some inroads with uh, UNC, North okay. Carolina State, and Wake Forest, and a couple of other colleges. Oh, that's nice. good. Good for you, man. Good for you. That's why I haven't been on, because we completely uprooted and moved, and we're just now getting settled. We're just now getting it together. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we're just... Uh, we're, we're, we're getting it together. Good, man. I'm happy for you. And we'll be working Thank together you. very, very soon. But Oh, we will. Yep. We will. So what would you like to talk about? Okay. As much as I would love to talk baseball, mm-hmm. it's too exciting for me right now. And I know I'll go on a rant. My wife's about to make dinner, so mm-hmm. I'm stealing a few minutes. What the heck were the Houston Rockets thinking? And this is a side of the trade for Russell Westbrook. You're asking me what were they thinking? Uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Russell Westbrook and Harden have played together in OKC. So they know each other. They know each other's games. Now, I want to see how they're going to play together, playing the two and the one. Who's going to control the ball? Who's going to demand the ball more than the other guy? That is what I want to see. If, if Russell Westbrook obviously lets James Harden control 90 – well – I, I would say James Harden is going to want to control at least 60% of the ball. If he lets him do mm-hmm. that, if he lets him do that, I think Houston could be a, a good team this year. I do. Now, if they They're fu- not going to be good either way. I think they're going they're to be good. They're not going to be good either way. I, I do. I think they have First of all, they have good defense. They do. Now, I'm not talking Russell Westbrook is is underrated with his defense. Now, James Harden is not a good defender, and I understand they're playing under an offensive style of game with Mike D'Antoni. But first of all, I think Westbrook will thrive offensively in Mike D'Antoni's offense because of his speed. Kidding, and his right? No, absolutely. He will thrive in that offense. Thrive. He'll suffer. Really? How do you, how do you think that? This is Mike D'Antoni we're talking about, number one. And number two, D'Antoni has made a decision about who he wants to hold the ball, and it's going to be Harden, and Westbrook ain't going to be happy. Well, first of all, Russell Westbrook, what position did he play when he came into the NBA? I didn't hear your question, sir. What position was Russell Westbrook when he came into the NBA? A shucks, I don't know. I want to say a point guard. No, actually, he was a shooting guard. He was yes, he was a two. He was a two. He was a shooting guard. Yes, he was a two. They moved him to the one because at the time when they moved him to the one, James Harden wasn't even drafted. James Harden was drafted. 
And they, James Harden wanted to be a sixth man. And if you know the story behind James Harden, James Harden never wanted to be a starter in the NBA. Never did. He would have rather gotten the contract and be the sixth man of the year every single year. I watched a documentary about James Harden. James Harden was so then angry. why did he move to Houston? Well, he was traded. He was so angry at the OKC breast. It was over a $3 million difference. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. It was $3 million per year. That's he, how much Oklahoma and messed up. And, and they couldn't get that right? Well, they <laughs> traded him. They traded him, and he was so angry at OKC. They gave the money to Ibaka instead of him. Yep. Which is the worst mis- mistake in their franchise history so far. And, and James Harden came Actually, out. Actually, the worst mistake was them moving to Oklahoma City, but I digress. Well, James Harden, and I, I've said this over and over again, I, I've watched the documentaries of James Harden. Well, Seattle's coming back, but not in basketball. And James Harden, he, he bought a house in Houston. His, his brother and sister lives in that house. He still goes over there, and his mother lives over there half the year, too. They love going to OKC, and they lo- he loved it there. He never wanted to move. He never wanted to be traded. He already came out and said plenty of times he would have been the sixth man of the year every single year if they wanted him to. He wanted to be there. He wanted to stay there, and he wanted to live out his career over there in OKC. But they didn't want him there. They, they thought they could win without him, and that was a big mistake by the franchise. Now, do I think... Russell Westbrook and him can coexist? Absolutely. And do I think Russell Westbrook's game is going to be better in this offense? I guarantee it. I'll tell you this. Russell Westbrook will score. No, I'm not. No, No, I'm not. He only drinks once a year. (laughs) No, I'm not. And I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this. As much as you think that I'm drinking, I think that team is a lot better than you think they are. They're a lot better. They're a lot better than you think you are. I'm going to tell you this. I think the West is still a very dominant, you know, division and, and league. It absolutely is. Oh, it's not even close. They're way better. <laughs> but when you look at the West and the differences of teams and the transition of teams with players going on one team to the other, you don't know who's going to be the one, two, and the three this year. You don't know. You really <laughs> don't. Exactly who's going to be the one, two, really? and the three. Really? Who is it? And who none is of it? them involve Houston or the Lakers. Who, who is it? Who? <laughs> who is it? I, I'm dying to hear Brian, this. I, I can't hear this. Put, all right. I'm not going to put them in order, and I know yeah. this is very, very premature mm-hmm. because we're, we're just getting the season started, mm-hmm. and I know I could be totally, totally wrong. And I think you're totally, totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your one, two, and three? I haven't even said the team <laughs> yet, man. I know you're going to say the Clippers. I would have to give them a nod, mm-hmm. okay? A nod? Matter They're the fact, best I'll defensive team in the league. I'll give you my top five. Okay, go ahead. Let's let's no, I only want one, two, and three. I don't want top five. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Brian. Okay. Um, one, two, and th- one, two, and three. And there's so many interchangeable teams because Arrow let's Lakers go. One, so two, and three are. Stop skirting it and Didn't stop I dancing around the question. Let's go. Who's one, two, and three? Okay. Denver, Portland, Golden State. You wait. Even though. Um, Clay Thompson's going to be out for the majority of the year. You still put him somewhere in the top three? Yep. Okay, interesting. That's well, interesting. I, I like D'Angelo Russell. I, I like him. I think he was a good acquisition. Why Portland? But I like Portland. I like Portland this year. They, they had a big man. I'll give you Denver and, because and Denver plus, another year. Give, yeah, I'll give you Denver. Here's why I'm putting Portland in the conversation. Go ahead. A healthy Yusuf Nurkic. A very healthy Yusuf Nurkic. 
Denver and Portland can be mirror images of each other. Dynamic backcourt, dynamic big man, and they both love to run. Denver and Portland were two of the top scoring teams, not just in the West, but also the NBA last year. They both have perimeter defense, too. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you give Utah a chance in that top three? The Misfits coming together another year. I call them the Misfits because that's what they are. I'll answer that question after January. I will tell you this, Brian. There is no way in hell the Clippers aren't in the top three. There's no way in hell. That defense defense is going to be special this year. I can actually agree agree with that because on paper you would think they would be, but the Clippers to me are one of those prove-it-to-me kind of teams. They did like last year with, you and I with had, less talent. Like, with some of the youngest yeah, and like like lesser on paper it, It's talent. because they have, they have a championship-caliber coach in Doc Rivers. A championship-caliber coach? Yes. Championship-caliber player? Yes. Kawhi Leonard? Yes. I ain't sure about Paul George. He doesn't com- need to be. See, but he's not the man. He's, you know, he's a co-guy. He's the Robin to right. Batman. And he's always been that. Even with last the, year, know, last year he had MVP statistics. MVP and statistics. He was. Who did he play with? Play with Russell Westbrook, really? and now you have Russell Westbrook with I James Harden. Now you have Russell Westbrook with James Harden. Wait, so you're saying I, Russell Westbrook is not as good as advertised? Is that what you're trying to? Is that what you're alluding to? That's exactly what I'm alluding to. Well, exactly wow. Well, let me ask you a question. A let me ask you a question, bro. Now, don't get me wrong. Westbrook yeah. may not be the greatest shooter in the NBA, <laughs> but he's he's guaranteed a top four or five point guard in the league. Top four or five? He's the best point guard no. in the league. He's the best point guard in the I league. Mean, no. I mean, everybody puts everybody no. in different categories. Is, but Who's better than Russell Westbrook at the point guard I position? I think the only one you could argue is probably Damian Lillard. Two, give you two right no. now. No, I, I think Damian he's better Lillard. than Lillard. I think he is too, but I'm just saying that's probably who's the better than Russell Westbrook. Nobody, wait, he's averaged a triple double for three straight years. And that nobody can. Out of the way to get those triple. Does it matter how he's got him? He got him. Whose fingernail did he clip? And I'm having total fun with this. No, I know. Whose fingernail did he clip to push out of the way to get those triple doubles? Those are false triple doubles. I will always believe that. Fools triple doubles. This on my show. How? Do, hold Errol, on, hold, Bri- Brian. This. I know this. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say because I know you. I know what you're going to say. But I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to attack. Hold on. You live in North Carolina now. Where did you currently live before prior? Indianapolis. I was born and raised in Chicago, and for the last five years, I lived in Indiana. And then you went to North Carolina. So eventually. You went from central and you're trekking your way east. I think it's time to go back to central because the weed in the east is really that strong. <laughs> well, then quit smoking it and tell me about it, will you please? <laughs> I'll tell you this, Brian. Uh, if, you think, if you think the reason why Paul George had the numbers that he had because he played with Russell Westbrook last year, just imagine what Russell Westbrook's numbers are going to be with James Harden this year. Just imagine. Not a damn bit better. Oh, I'm telling you it is. I'm telling you it is. Look, Russell Westbrook will be good from November to mid-April. It's beyond mid-April where you should be concerned. And on that note, I'm going to go get some dinner. because Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. I'll talk to you soon, man. Let me get out of here. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy that you called, Brian. And I'll tell you this. Brian, snowman, I mean, great, great caller, great guy. 
I'm happy for him. He got married. He moved over there to North Carolina. I think he's working with Trey Snyder. I think Trey got him an opportunity to work over there for play-by-play. And uh, Trey's a good friend of mine. I worked with him when he, he was working with us. And he's doing good things right over there in North Carolina. And I think he's trying to get a college job for play-by-play, which he quite possibly can do over there. Brian's a smart guy. It's a big conference, and it's growing fast. It's grow over there, too. And I think he's a good voice, and I think he could do very, very well over there. I I was one of the people that I was thinking about moving down south to do play-by-play over there. So, But, you know, we'll see. But I'm I'm happy for him. I really am. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back... We're going to get into some football. We're going to get about. We're going to get into the New York Jets and fire Adam Gase. Chance, <laughs> wait, that's your guy. We can't fire him. No, 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 no. Fire. That Adam is Gase your coach, Chance. and he's here for the long haul. Fire Adam Gase. Chance all yesterday. We're coming out not only throughout the stadium, but throughout social media. So we'll get into that a little bit. And we're going to get into the Giants, who got knocked out by Minnesota. We'll talk about what we thought about Daniel Jones, and we'll go throughout the league when we come back here. I'm down to the wire here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to, to Down, down to, to the, the wire, wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. one 877 Sacrifice, Sacrifice fly for the Cardinals. They get the game-winning run coming in. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to a game five. A game five in the National League Division Series. So that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, what is it, tomorrow? Wednesday. There Wednesday. Be one travel day. So it'll be fun to watch. But we're going to come off baseball now. It's 2-2 right now. And I'm telling you, I picked St. Louis to win this series. If St. Louis gets out of this Division Series, I think they're going to the World Series. I really do. I think their, their defense and I think their pitching – has looked superior so far in the playoffs. Except Carlos Martinez. Yeah, except him. But anyways, we're going to get into some football. But before we get into the New York Jets and fire gaze, we have a special caller. And everybody knows him as Jeff from Tampa. What is going on, Mr. Jeff? Errol, good afternoon to you. Michael, happy Victory Monday again, my friend. I agree, I agree. And uh, and we're going to win again this Thursday, so I can't wait. Uh, You know, I mean... It's good to be a Patriots fan, isn't it, Mike? I mean, I'm glad that you've you know you've come over to the dark side and just embraced the hate. Well, it's it's not even embrace the hate. What it is, in all honesty, was even while I was a Giants fan's prior, I was always rooting for the Patriots because I respected on what they've done. Front runner, you know, they a quarterback from the sixth round, a coach, the whole nine yards. Front runner. When when they had the best team in the league, they didn't win. And when they don't have, when they have lesser talent, they end up pulling it all together and winning. It's really impressive, to be honest with you. And, and the that's the way. Men, and that's the, the way you got to look at it. Real impressive. The men are taking care of business, aren't mm. they? Mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just unfortunate that the rest of the league that's, just can't catch up. All right, Jeff, what do you want to talk about? I don't want to hear about the Patriots. Let's go. All right, all right. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Well, listen. As happy as I am to be a Patriots fan, and it's a good Monday, five and zero, can't complain. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know where that muggle is that keeps telling everybody that Dak Prescott is better than Russell Wilson, that <laughs> Dak Prescott is better than Andrew Luck. Where is that? Muggle wait, 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 hold on. Who's been saying that garbage? What do you think? Are you serious? <laughs> you can't be serious, yo, idiot. If you're listening to this, you better call in. 
We are no. He's dude. You guys got to call him. Someone better do a wellness check because he threw three interceptions yesterday and a fourth that got called back on just the most bullcrap call I've ever seen in my life. Dak, Dak Prescott couldn't stop throwing interceptions yesterday. Couldn't stop doing it. Right, and these moron Dallas Cowboy fans. Their reality is like it's their whole world is just collapsing. I mean, we all said that you know, obviously there was guys Cooper. This is all before the scene started. They had three big guys they had to sign: Cooper, Dak, and Emmett. Cooper looked. I mean, not Emmett. And uh, Cooper looked good yesterday. And we were all talking about that. You pay the running back because he is your offense, Mm -hmm. plain and simple. Receivers can you could always find. And Dak Prescott wasn't worth the money. I think we all said that in the very, before the season even started. I mean, there's Dak a reason. Dak Prescott is the worst quarterback in the league right now. The worst quarterback in the league. You're literally talking about a guy that they were all spitting in their hands and looping themselves up for because the Cowboys beat Miami and then the, the Cowboys beat, like, uh, you know, Washington. <laughs> the Giants, and Washington, the Cowboys, and Miami. And the Cowboys beat the Giants. They beat all crappy teams, Right. And then you look at back-to-back weeks. They got smoked this week by the Packers. And last week, they lost to a kicker. That's it. All it took was Will Luck kicking field goals to beat the Cowboys last week. <laughs> all right. First of all, Dak Prescott is not – right now, statistically, he's not the worst quarterback in the NFL. Who's worse? Statistically? Statistically, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> but you can you can say statistically all you want, but let's face it. He ran the stats up against Miami and Washington and all the bad teams. He ran stats up. How, what were the stats like these last two weeks? Was he any good? I mean, he's got a valid point because he did have, like, what, like almost 500 yards against the Giants, I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. I mean. So you can say statistics all you want, but the reality is he's good against really inferior opponents, and that's what the Giants, sorry to say this, but that's what the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins are. Would you agree that they're inferior opponents? Mm-hmm. Oh, extremely. Yeah, definitely. Right. And so when he plays a couple of good teams, he folds like a cheap lawn chair. You guys should call Mike from Bayshore and do a wellness check, because I'm not sure he's still breathing. Well, first of all, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a great game yesterday either. I mean, and I think Aaron Rodgers... need to when Aaron Jones was going bananas. Yeah, and I understand that. You see a guy that can run the ball, and it's proven the last two seasons that he could be a dominant running back. And before, he, before last season, before he got hurt, he was, he was up there as one of the best running backs in the league. He got hurt. And, and not for nothing, you can go, oh, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a great game. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers was also without one of the most elite receivers in the league. In oh, well, Adams. who made him the elite receiver that he was? Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, right, but the I drop mean, off can, between Devontae Adams and. No, I, I, I understand that. I, I think they're all good receivers. That Green yeah, Bay but there's has. a big difference between Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, I don't. I mean, I understand what you're saying. And I know Devontae Adams is a very good receiver, He's top a great in the receiver. league. Yeah, he is. But also, too, if you threw somebody else 10 targets a game and if they caught it, They'd be catching those yards too. They have good receivers regardless. I mean, Dak Dak threw three interceptions, but he had four hundred and sixty three yards and he had two touchdowns. I mean, numbers show you that yeah, he gar- had- no garbage time. Garbage time. All right. They All right. Thirty one to three. They got punched in the mouth and they folded like cheap losses. Yeah, I stopped watching. It was twenty four nothing, I think. Yeah, they didn't look good. It but- was thirty one to three. 
halfway through the third quarter, and then Green Bay was like, ah, we feel bad, let him have some. Well, I, I'll tell you this, Jeff. You, you, he's not as bad as you say he is. Has, has he proven to me that he's an elite quarterback? He's not. I told everybody. He's a, he's a little bit less than a middle-of-a-pack type of quarterback. I say he's Half 17, track. 18, Half somewhere track. around there. That's where I think he is. That's where I think he is. I don't think he is in the top 15. I don't think he'll ever be in the top 15. No, no. He's better than Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck. He's out of his mind. I'll tell you. (laughs) He's out of his mind when he said that. Because Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback. And if Andrew Luck was still playing in the league, he's a top five. He's going to win three Super Bowls in a row. No, uh, he he already said that he didn't mean it that way. But he says that Dak is going to win three Super Bowls. I said, No, no. He said that's his opinion. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. (laughs) You're so mean, man. You really are. But I... The Cowboys did not look good yesterday. They didn't no, look good last week mean, either. I'm holding people accountable. How are you going to run your mouth and then when they, they shit their diaper like they did the last two weeks, he's a ghost. But, oh, let's call in every show ever when they run up the score against Miami, though, right? Oh, he, he's, no, he's not a go- no, he's not a ghost, Jeff. Remember, it's the ref's fault. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Hashtag ban the beef. <laughs> he better call up. Well, he is going to call up, but I, I think you guys are attacking him because he listen. I don't know why he would make those ridiculous got a right. statements. Well, this is sports radio. Everybody's got a right to their own opinion. I mean, he, his opinions are crazy on some of the things that he says, but some of the right. things so are viable. Listen, this is just this is just us holding him accountable to his retarded opinion. <laughs> well, let's not use the word retarded, but I'm I, sorry. You know, it was it, it, his opinions his were opinions wrong. His opinions are missing in uh, a chromosome. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> I mean. I mean, some of his opinions are a little out there, but I'll, I'll tell you this. Dak is not the worst quarterback in the NFL. He's not even close. So I, mean, I, it, seems like, it seems like he is when he doesn't play the Dolphins or the Redskins. Well, I could say the same about other quarterbacks in the league. I could like talk, who? You want me to go? This year, statistically, probably Baker Mayfield's been yeah. worse than him. Baker Mayfield doesn't look good. Baker Mayfield has played uh, like actual opponents and actual decent teams. Baker Mayfield hasn't played the. Baker the Mayfield has more clouds. weapons. Ba- look at what Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has. played the Jets and sh- without CJ Mosley acquitted Williams and struggled. Right, but hold on. Here's what you're not accounting for with Baker Mayfield, and I agree with you. He hasn't lived up to the hype. Like I, we can all agree on that. But again, there has to be some adjustment for a new offense. Dak is very familiar with the oh, offense. I agree. We're running it now kitchens, for a few I think, years. is still more like, of the problem. It's a whole problem, new team with a whole new still. coach and a whole new philosophy. There has to be room for adjustment with Baker Mayfield. Well, yeah, I think Kitchens is still more of the problem, but Baker has not looked good in the middle of the field and deep like he did last year. Right, but you could make an excuse for Baker like that. There's no excuse for Dak Prescott. He stinks. Yeah, but he has also has Odell, Landry, <laughs> Chubb, a bunch of great weapons. <laughs> Dude, did like you two. see the sequence yesterday where he snapped the ball into a dude and, and then uh, Green Bay recovered it and they got bailed out by a false start? Dude, I'm, right? I, I'll tell you and this. And then on the next play, and the next play, Dak Prescott threw an interception uh, you know, uh, in the end zone and they got bailed out by a, a penalty on the other side of the field there. You know, terrible, terrible. Since, He's just a walking disaster. Since you, and you're going to tell me he's better than Russell Wilson? Get out of here. Well, I... Since you use the word dude, I'm going to call you dude, and I'm going to tell you this. Straight out, we have to, he stinks, get a shirt that says he stinks, and put Jeff's name, like, put it in, like, bright colors or something like that. Snug, if you're out there, he stinks, get a shirt made for Jeff. That is perfect. I mean, he does. He, he stinks. stinks. And you want to know what? He Snug can also make a shirt with Mike's face on it that says Mayor of Banana Land. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Because he's bananas. It's terrible. 
terrible. Oh. Like, happy Victory Monday, man. I'm just so glad that you could be a part of this. <laughs> uh, Jeff from Tampa, ladies and gentlemen. As I you guys know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he, he's definitely a character. He really is. He really is. <laughs> Taking shots at the beef, man. I, listen, everybody has a right to their own opinion. That's, that's all I'm going to say about any sports radio show. If you're going to call up the show and you're going to make your accusations about players and you think one player is better than the other player, well, you're going to have to come out with numbers or proof, living proof, to say that he's better than Russell Wilson or, or an Andrew Luck. I mean, these two guys, one of them has made, won a Super Bowl. The other one has been to an AFC title game. Dak has never been into any of them. And so. Andrew Luck has been an MVP candidate a lot of his career, too. Yeah, so I, you Dak can't really, has never been that. You can't really compare these guys. And that's, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But getting back into the Jets, and I, I understand that a lot of Jet fans <laughs> are disgusted, <laughs> are absolutely disgusted about Adam Gase and what they've seen enough of Adam Gase as a head coach of this team. And I'll be one of the people to say that I was wrong to think that Adam Gase was going to be any good. But to say that Adam Gase cannot coach yet is an understatement. Because what I've seen in the last couple of weeks, I don't want to hear about Sam Donald. I don't want to hear about their defense, their, their missing players. I don't want to hear about their offense not having Chris Herndon or Sam in their offensive line. He built practically that offensive line. He was a part of building or thinking that that offensive line was going to be any good this year. Yesterday, against the Eagles, they gave up 10 sacks. 10. Keep in mind, it is the, be- the de- deepest defensive line in football. Right? I don't care. 10 sacks in a football game. Now, is that the record? I, no, it's not a record. Oh. But it's, no, I think it's 12, if I remember correctly. But to me, what I seen with the New York Jets is not their defense. Their defense has kept them in games. Yesterday, they only gave up 17 points, even without C.J. Mosley, and barely Quentin Williams playing. They stopped the run well, too. It's not the defense. It's the offensive guru. The guy that the Jets thought was going to take Sam and this Jets offense to higher levels. And I'll tell you right now, this is the worst offense I've seen the Jets have, even under Todd Bowles, in almost 15 years. That's how bad this offense even is. Even the one they had two years ago, this which is was the, as basic as a guy. This is the worst offense I have ever seen. Well, two years ago, they didn't really have a quarterback. So it's not fair. Right, but... Uh, they don't uh, have a real quarterback right, right now because Sam, Sam has mono. Right, and also two years ago, they didn't have Le'Veon Bell either, though. When Sam comes back, this will be a different team. But how much different with this offensive line? They I'm shocked. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm shocked about the offensive line so far. It's terrible. Absolutely horrendous. That offensive line is going to be completely gone by next year. I guarantee you... It better be. Joe Douglas, who's an offensive lineman who built... The Eagles' offensive line, who built the Chicago offensive line. Which still isn't great, but okay. It's better than the Jets. That's not saying much. Yes, it is. It's saying a lot. Wait, if the Jets are that bad. Are you that fi- bad. Are you fi- I mean, Daniel, you're a Jet fan, but are you going to finally start thinking that it's a cursed franchise? I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think they're a cursed franchise. No? I think this, is, this offense was poorly built. It really was. 
This offensive line was poorly built. Beecham did not play any preseason game, not one. He wasn't healthy all year, half the year last year. He hasn't looked anywhere good since two years ago when he looked decent. Winters can't stay healthy. Khalil shouldn't have never came, but Khalil shouldn't have came back. I mean, Schultz's terrible. He shouldn't be a right tackle, starting right tackle in the NFL. They brought this kid Lewis in from Baltimore who looked half decent when he was playing. But because the offensive line stinks, it doesn't matter. Fire Gase is an understatement of where the Jets are going right now. It's an understatement. If I was the owner of this organization right now, Christopher Johnson, if Gase gets killed another week, even with Sam Donald coming back with that offensive line, I'd fire him after the game. Well, you're playing Dallas, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get murdered. i fire him after the game. I would fire him. Because what we have seen in the last four weeks, I don't care even with a backups, backups quarterback. You have Le'Veon Bell on your team. You're not even using him enough. You have one of the most elusive Offensive players in all of football on your team. And you can't even use them. You don't even know how to use them. Yeah, but does one guy make a difference? In the one sense guy, when your offensive line... Curtis Martin did. Well, no, 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 no. no. Well, what he, I'm saying, well, at least back then when Curtis Martin did, they had an offensive line. When you don't have an offensive line. It's not like, they could, also, open up, it's not like they could open up holes or hold enough <laughs> of a pass protection Mike, to at least... Mike He's Mean, also a pass catching. I mean, I don't know. Too. I'm just... Mike Mean, you can open up a freaking hole. I, I mean, Seriously. It, it's terrible. What that offensive line is doing, it's obnoxious. It's, it, it's making us Jet fans, well, Jet fans think that we don't know what we're talking about. We don't, they make it seem like we don't know what we see on the field. What we, see, what we see right now is a minor league offensive line. A minor league. A CFL offensive line. That's what we're watching. And they have a terrible young Luke, what a Falk, whatever his name is. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't belong in an NFL, uh, start, starting in an NFL game. He doesn't belong there. He's that bad? No, he's terrible. Kendricks ran up to him and ripped the ball out of his hand and <laughs> ran it in for a touchdown. I mean, come on. And he had 10 seconds to throw the ball. That was probably the best passing play they had in the game, and he still couldn't find anybody open. And even if Sam comes back and he shows greatness, that offensive line's not going to protect him. He's going to get killed. He's going to get killed. If I were the Jets right now, I wouldn't even start Sam this year. I'd sit him out another year. You can't do that. I understand your point, but you can't. It's only going to hurt his progression. It, it's just, and you need to know what well, you, you have. you want to kill him? But you need to know what you have. Look what happened to Andrew Luck. Because they had no offensive line. you got a young, talented quarterback who's 22 years old. You're going to put him in a line of fire? <laughs> hey, come on and come hit our quarterback. I mean, this guy just came off mono. He can rupture his spleen. And I <laughs> can put him out on that offensive line. Oh, God. Well, against Dallas, oh, and Dallas is looking to run up another bad team, I wouldn't put him out there. I wouldn't put him out there at Maybe all. Maybe the following week. Who do they play the following week? It doesn't matter. I wouldn't put him out there. No, no. I'm I just, think it's the Patriots. <laughs> Again? Yes. That's fast already? Yeah, yeah. they play him back to back times early. Oh my in the god! I would not put I would not put Sam Darnold in for the rest of the season. I would just protect him. I would just protect him. But then but you're stunting his. Progr- you're stunting his. Growth. I, I think that if this goes down, if this goes south, 
for the rest of the season, I think Adam Gase is going to be fired this year. I, I just I can't see Joe Douglas saying, "Well, we were missing this. We miss if <laughs> Adam Gase has two or three wins this year, and they were like lucky wins or close." No, you wins, know what's going to end up happening. When everybody gets back healthy, they'll start winning meaningless games towards the end of the year and ruin their draft time. position just like every other team usually does when it's like meaningless and they start winning games. Well, I want to see them win. If, if they're playing good games and, and After Sam the hard schedule, I think the Jets will start winning. Well, I want to see the Jets win no matter what. I want to see progression from their quarterback. So I don't care if they win and they get knocked out of the top five. I don't care. I want to see progression. I want to see this kid grow into the quarterback. Now, Mono, I don't think you'll have Mono again after this because they'll be able to control it. So I, I'm not worried about that. But they need to protect this kid. This is their franchise. That's what scares me. They're not going to be able to protect this kid. Under no circumstance, what I've seen, what this team has done so far in the last couple of weeks, and they're unwatchable. I don't even, I haven't even, I didn't even watch the, after the third quarter. I was watching it on my phone, and then I was on the plane, and I was watching it on the plane. Remember when you said ten and six, nine and seven? Nine well, and that's seven. what. Well, well first injuries. of all, first of all, yeah. before Sam Donald got hurt, and before they lost C.J. Mosley the way they did in the in the first game of the season when they were up sixteen to nothing, and Quint Williams barely played thirty five percent of the snaps because he was injured. Yeah, and I didn't think Avery Williamson was going to get hurt in the preseason. I thought this was going to be one of the best linebacking core in the league with Avery Williamson and C.J. Mosley and some of the young players that they have on that team. I thought that this was going to be an explosive defense. You lost, you lost a big factor to their defense, and then you lost Sam Donald after the first game, who wasn't healthy because it takes a week and a half for Mono to really... It takes longer than that. Yeah, it takes a little while for it to build up in your, your, your body. So he had Mono before that. So he shouldn't have been playing all season long. Anyways, who do we have on the phone? Probably the Beef. We'll find out. Beef, is that you? Yeah, what's up? Oh, uh-huh. What's up, man? What's up? Dude. I heard what you said. Dude, please tell me you didn't make those ridiculous comments. What I said about Andrew Luck is I said right now, I said I would rather have the healthier quarterback over Andrew Luck. That's what I said. You would rather I, have – now, okay. All right, that I could understand. What is That's your comment about, everyone, everyone about Russell Wilson? I, I got to hear this. What's this Russell – Will- how did Russell Wilson come in the conversation with Dak Prescott? I don't. I don't remember that. He, you so said their know. numbers were, were that, close. I said that. I said that. I, right now, I said if I was to take a quarterback, I would take Dan Prescott over Andrew Luck because of the health stats. Okay. That's what I said. Interesting. Okay. Now here, I know you're a big Cowboy fan, and I respect that. You know, listen, and I understand you want to wear you know your heart of the Cowboy fan on your sleeve, but don't ever ever associate Dak Prescott to a top quarterback in the league well, and Ezekiel Elliott to Barry Sanders ever again. <laughs> I think Russell Wilson is overrated. That's just my opinion. Russell Westbrook is overrated. Russell Wilson. Wilson. I mean, no, uh, yeah, I mean, Wilson, overrated. The guy has a ring and has done more with less talent. Right. And he's also... Listen, what listen, they, everything, what, what don't get me wrong. I understand what you're saying. The defense won. I get it. They were why, the best why, defense why that league. But he still has nothing as offensive weapons and still is able to score points. Mike, if he, he still needs to score points. If he didn't have those kinds and of no, games. And don't start bringing did. up Marshall Lynch because that's just a running back. Like, don't start making up excuse after excuse after excuse. Don't, don't tell me Marshall Lynch. Marshall Lynch then don't tell either. me it's the offensive line. Don't tell me it's the defense. 
to win a championship, it's a whole as a team, and we all right. know the defense was and, outstanding that year. And if Russell Wilson doesn't play as well as he did, even if it wasn't statistically a top-five quarterback types those, those years, otherwise their offense would be unbalanced, and the team could just game plan for Marshawn Lynch. That didn't happen, though, because Russell Wilson was good. I, I just good. don't think he's as good as everyone thinks Mike, he is. That's Mike, you want, me, you want me to give you some numbers that will tell you that you're wrong about this? Russell Wilson oh. has been in the league how many years? I don't know, 10, 12 Seven. maybe? No, about six. Seven, Seven years. Seven. How many Pro Bowls? No, is eight, he... ten. Eight. Uh, okay, eight years. Seven, eight years. How many Pro Bowls has he been in? I don't know. I don't care about Pro Bowls. Pro Bowls he, mean nothing. He's been in five Pro Bowls at well, the Well, Pro Bowls, oh, 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 I, you're oh, right. Pro Bowls don't mean anything. All right. But Pro Bowls are kind of like a gratification of you did a very, you had a very well good season. All right. All right. Here's numbers that you have to look at, and you can't deny it. He has 27,033 yards in eight seasons, okay? How many quarterbacks, as fast as he did in the last eight years, have gotten almost to 27,000 yards in, in eight years? How many, uh, how, many quarterback, how many quarterbacks have done that? I don't know. Rodgers, Breeze, uh, Brady, um, Mahomes maybe. Oh, Manning. Mahomes is not even no. in the He hasn't played enough no. yet. He hasn't played enough. No, I'm saying though, but he could be on that pace. Oh, he's on the pace, but it's right now a year and a half. We can't tough too early to yeah. judge. And 27,000 yards is a lot of yards. All right, so I'm going to tell you this number. There's only six quarterbacks that have done it as fast as he has. Six. And they're all-time greats. So to say that Russell Wilson isn't as great as he is, you say he is, is crazy. How many touchdowns do you think he has in 117 games? Two hundred and eight. How many quarterbacks in history in a hundred more a hundred less games has well one hundred and seventeen games? How many quarterbacks have averaged more than two touchdowns a game in their career in in eight years in their career? How many? Um, I don't know. Five. So already you're talking about you're talking about. Numbers that he can go down as one of the greats of all time. Numbers and are showing. And he did it with his best receiver being an undrafted free agent who had injury issues. All right, what's his completion percentage as an NFL quarterback in his career? I don't know, 80%? 60, That's a lot now. 64.6. How many quarterbacks right now what's in the— What's his QBR rating? What do you mean, what is his QBR rating? What's his QBR rating? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not looking at it. I'm just I'm giving you numbers right now. I, I'm not looking at his QBR rating. Who cares about his QBR rating? What does that mean? I'm that's giving you numbers. That's how, that, that, that's how they're, they're rated, by QBR. They're rating, QBR rating. Okay. Russell Wilson has had more compl- – his p- completion percentage in his career is, is better than Tom Brady's. Better that's than Tom surprising. Brady's in regular that's season. Surprising. Okay. That doesn't make him better and, than Hold Brady. on. Hold, I didn't say he was better than Brady. Brady has 527 touchdowns in 274 games, okay? 274 games. Russell Wilson in 117 games has 208. Right now, Russell Wilson can break those numbers if he plays another eight years. Can break those numbers. If he stays healthy, his, his, he can break Tom Brady's numbers. What does that sound, Speedy? Something that came up on the football reference website. 
He's, I don't think he's going to break Tom Brady's numbers. I didn't say that I think he is. I'm saying that his numbers are better than Tom Brady's well, whole, in his first eight certain, years. Certain the whole thing is, is that he could break his numbers because they don't have a good enough running game to where Russell Wilson's always passing the ball. What I'm saying... And, and, and the Patriots always have a well-balanced team with run and pass. What, I, what I'm saying right now is, when you look at his numbers, his numbers are going... If he, go, he keeps to this pace... He's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. That's how good his numbers have been. Plus, you have running numbers, too. I mean, it's, it's remarkable what Russell Wilson has done at 5'10", who, which a lot of people think he's 5'9". FYI, Mike, his career passer rating is 101.5. To put it into perspective, a perfect passer rating in a game is 158.3. And in terms of career passer ratings, I think the highest one, I think, is 112 or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's to say that he is not... He's not a top three, top five quarterback. Right now, he's a top three quarterback in the league, Russell Wilson. Who's he, better than him? He leads the league this year, too, with a 126.3. Well, Who's better than him right now in the better league? Than him? Patrick Cowboys? Mahomes? That's really it. Patrick right Mahomes? Not even close. He got shut down by the Colts last night. I mean, seriously. Russell Wilson, if you were to ask me who's the MVP is, there's only two guys. There's only two, actually three guys. Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, and Russell Wilson. Those are the MVPs right now. If, if you were to ask me in the MVP race right now, those are the three guys. Those are the three guys. So to say that Russell Wilson, and by the way, who's his number one wide receiver right now? Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett who's like five foot eight. Yeah, that's a household name. I mean, come on, man. To say that he is not one of the great quarterbacks in football right now is, is an understatement. He is. Now, I'm not taking shots at you. It's your opinion. But well, your opinion, I, I, your I opinion on this is not valid. It's not valid. Well, Mike, the only I flaw... Don't, I, don't think he's, I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. The only well, flaw in opinion. Russell Wilson's game in his career has been he's had, like, every year, probably three games a year where he just looks like he's right. inept and completely awful. But that's really it. Mike, Skill I got a question for you. And stats-wise, he has yes. it. Mike, I have a question for you. If you don't think Russell Wilson's that good of a quarterback, how do you see your quarterback... In your opinion, because in verse three lousy teams, he lit them up. In verse two very good teams, he couldn't even scratch the surface. He threw for how many? I don't care. Something yards. Anything garbage time doesn't count. Over four hundred yards. Garbage time. They were still blitzing them. I don't want to hear that. When you're losing thirty something to three, you guys were wrong on that. They were still blitzing the crap out of them. Obviously, you didn't watch the game. And no, I, I, I admit it. I, I shut it off when it was 24 nothing. So, first first of all, three, but, three of those picks weren't, wasn't his fault. But also the coverages aren't going to be one as... One of them went off Cooper's hands. The other one, there should have been pass interference call because Michael Gallup couldn't even get out and the refs didn't even throw the flag. It was ridiculous. Mike, you could say that all you want, but again... The, no, I could the, say that, yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. The pa- yeah, I agree the on that end. one call, yes, but the Packers also no, had... No, on s- all the calls. The refs were... Uh, no, stop. The Packers game. got two stupid roughing the passer penalties that shouldn't have been... 11 penalties. Okay. 11. The Packers had two stupid roughing the passer penalties. You couldn't even stop... That you got couldn't stop Green Bay's running back a game. That running game was destroying your defense. Pass interference, the, the pass interference call that on uh, when when Garrett had to throw that flag, the ref said you don't like but, it. But it. are you basing that whole game on flags? Please but I will tell you, I will tell you this: when you you talk about yeah. when you talk about how good the Cowboys' defense is, 
they got outplayed at home they against the Green shredded. Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers defense, Green Bay Packers defense, who couldn't stop a nosebleed, they couldn't stop a run game. They're one of the worst run stopping teams in football, if not the worst run stopping team not in the football. Worst. The Bengals are the worst. One of the top. Okay, Speedy, you're gonna you want to put the Bengals? Okay, they're the second worst. Who cares? They're one of the worst run stopping teams in a league. And, and what did Zeke get? And they How many stopped them. Odds? And they stopped them. Like 63? 70 yards? Wow. No, I think he had more than that. I think he had. No, I, th- I think he did have 100, but I think that only came later he in the game. He had 100. He had 70 rushing yards. Zeke had 62. Oh, wow. That's what I thought. I just said 62, yeah. 12 carries, well, 62 close. yards. I thought it was 70, but it was One close. touchdown. I, I mean. Yeah, it, wasn't garbage, for, it wasn't garbage time. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm just telling you, Green Bay's defense looked well, way better da- than Well, when the you're down 31 3 in the second half. I'm sorry, the second half is garbage time. Because there's they no way in hell you were coming they back. Were, they, they You're not the Patriots and coming Mike, back from 27 points. I understand they were still blitzing. You're right, to some extent they were, but the coverage also got softer too. You're not pressing no, guys. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. There were a lot of deeper game. zones in the second You're half. Wrong or on man, that. You're whatever. Wrong. All right, why did Amari Cooper have so much space to get 213 yards? Because yeah, Cooper got open. Yes, because nobody was pressing him. Nobody was pressing him in that game. I don't want to hear it. It wasn't garbage. By the way, Mike, uh, by the way, how did Jason how did Jason Witten play yesterday? When it's 31 to 3, <laughs> when it's 31 to 3, it's garbage time. No matter how it you slice it or dice it. It was garbage time. And it wasn't 31 to 3. They said at halftime it was yes. 31 to 3. No, in the third no, quarter. It was third quarter. Okay, third quarter. Th- same thing. Second half. It, it was not garbage time. You're both wrong on it because obviously you guys didn't watch Down 28 points in the third quarter is garbage time. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've seen football games that people play hard throughout the game. I mean, I've seen the, the, the Patriots play hard, even when they're killing teams play the, the hard. Re- so there's, I, there's, two re- there's, there's three reasons why the Cowboys lost this game. The offensive line stunk, the defense stunk, and the refs cost them the game as all well. All right, so you're talking about two very important factors to a game. So you're talking about an offensive line and the defense, which you talk about is one of the best defenses in the league, which got outplayed outplayed by the Green Bay Packers defense, which completely – the Green Bay Packers defense, they couldn't stop a run all year – all all year in the first first four games. 563 yards. Speedy, stop correcting me. I know what they did. They're one of the worst run-stopping teams in football. I don't need you to correct me to tell me, well, instead, except the first game. I know. I watched the games. They're still one of the worst run-stopping teams in football. And the, and the Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott, which they overpaid. Well, I think they still overpaid for him. I think they should have overpaid for him because any of the guys that they gave contracts to, Jalen Smith, he hasn't done it long enough to get a contract like that. And Dak Prescott is, well, is not an elite quarterback to get money like that. I'll, I'll tell you this right now. There's something wrong with Zeke. He does not look right. Yeah, he didn't play all preseason. That's what's, that's what's wrong with him. That's what's wrong with him. He's out of shape. Maybe if he takes out a couple of earrings from his nose, he could actually do a little bit better. He's out of shape. Yeah, he's not fully in shape. Know, he's, just, he's not right. He's not right. He's, he's not all. in he's shape. He's never been right. He's, oh, stop, Mike. No, I mean, he's the weird dude. He's never been right. No, mentally he's not been right. right he's, but he's a weird dude. Yeah. He's still an elite yeah, running back. No, he's a good running back. He's an elite running back. Yeah, he's those, elite. Those, those I don't know if he's elite because a lot is predicated on that very good offensive line. A very good offensive line. That offensive line is not very good. That offensive line has not been they have very been good. One, they have been one of the best in the when? league since when? he's entered the yeah, league. When? Not, not in the last two years. Not in the last three right. years. Not in the last three years. It's been three he's years. He's only led the league twice in running in the last four years. It's, that's not 
Zeke is Zeke is a power back. And I'm telling you, when Deke, as the season progresses, as the season progresses, Zeke number, Zeke's numbers are going to get better and better and better because he's going to have more touches and more time to figure things out. He is out of shape. Uh-huh. I can tell you that right now. He's the Rangers out of just, shape. The Rangers just yeah, made a on, trade. I, I well, what did they get? Like, don't you agree that is it a good trade? It's a, I don't know why. Terrible. I don't get it. What's the trade? The Rangers just traded Nemtiskov, Nemitskov, yeah, Nemitskov, yeah, for to the Senators for a fourth round pick in 2021. And Nick Ebert. I don't know who that is. Mm. Nick Ebert? Yeah, I don't know who is that is. Is he a defenseman? Uh, Nick Ebert? I think he's, I think he's Look, a defenseman. I, I, got a, I, got a, I got a question. Aren't the referees flag happy this year? Yes, I think they are. I think they are. And they've been flag happy since last year. They're just no, terrible. No, but this year more so, and they're ruining a lot well, of games. Well, NFL. because of the whole Drew Brees thing. It's they're ridiculous. more lenient on – they're more lenient or making calls. Uh, you know, my question is – if you challenge an offensive pass interference, you're never going to get that call right anyway. It's never going to change. So why even? First of all, that whole that, that whole penalty, it's never consistent anyway. <laughs> they call pass interference on plays that shouldn't be, and then they don't call it when it should be. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It do, but it doesn't matter. The only the only yeah, thing so with then, the NFL so then, so here's the, the only thing with referees in the NFL. So, when it so gets to the end of the game, a flag should not determine the game. That's really it. In the beginning of the game, they could do whatever. When it gets in third and fourth quarters, those referees should not let a flag de- deter the, the rest of the game. Yeah, Plain but and why, why, but why are you able to challenge it when you know you're not going to win it? Like, don't even, you know, it's Well, that's stupid. the coach's strategy. Right. That's not, has nothing yeah, to do with nothing the Yeah, it has nothing to do with referees. That's just what, No, whatever. but you go to challenge it and you know you're not going to win it. So don't challenge it then. So don't challenge it. That's an opinionated it. call, bro. I mean, that's, that's all based on opinion, whether the coach wants to do it or not. Has nothing no, to do no, with the referee. No, but, then you go, but then you go to look at it on replay, and they, you're still not going to win, even though it's... it's but how do you know? You don't, you don't know so how. It's your call to try it. So it's not anything yesterday. to do with the referee in that instance. If they called it, it wrong and you want to gamble on sacrificing a timeout, you do it. There are certain times for it, yes, and there are certain times that they shouldn't because to protect the timeouts. That's, no, that's all the on the coach. Play football now. So that, 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 that's what the NFL is, play football. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. You got it. Mike, a.k.a. the Beef. Uh, interesting. I mean, you know he's going to stick up for the Cowboys. He, he's got his own agenda. And, and you want to know something? He was, he's wrong right now because I think Green Bay just completely dominated the game at the line of scrimmage. They really did on both sides of the ball. And the Cowboys look like a second-tier team right now. They don't look like they're any good. I know a lot of Cowboy fans. And, and by the way, Stephen A. Smith, who said, you know, he, and he was right. Stephen A. Smith was right about the Cowboys. They can't. But I remember Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith in the beginning of the season thinks, thought that the Cowboys were going to have a great year and they, they were going to win that division. <laughs> They're not. And I know, I know that's Jeff, so you've got to keep them. <laughs> hold them on. Hold them on. I want to get into the Giants before we go to a break. And I'll tell you this. Daniel Jones did not look great yesterday. He didn't. And I, I know a lot of Giant fans are saying, well, he, he looked better he looked better than advertised than, than a lot of teams have looked and a lot of quarterbacks have looked against Minnesota's defense. He didn't play great. No. But he does look like a quarterback. And that, that first touchdown throw was really good. Yeah, he does look like a quarterback. And Kirk Cousins had a lot to prove. He really did. He has not looked good the last couple of weeks, Kirk Cousins. He's getting paid a, a load of money. They're expected to be a Super Bowl contender this year. They were expected to be a Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender last year, and they weren't. 
Daniel Jones has looked good. He threw an interception, and he's going to throw a lot of those. He's going to throw a lot of those in his first season. So far, he's thrown three in three, three games. No, four in three games. Sam threw 15, I think it was 15 or 16 interceptions last year. He was forcing the ball. And I think Daniel Jones is going to do that like every quarterback, every young quarterback does, except Patrick Mahomes because he's, I don't know. Well, Mahomes got a year to learn. Yeah, so but he's also, he's a freak. Two games he's a freak. Well, yeah, of course, but. He's a freak. I mean, that guy's a freak. I think if he started right away, though, just because of his uh, big play He has Andy Reid, and he has Andy Reid. No, I know that. I agree. I'm just saying I think he would have seen more interceptions, too, his rookie year you if he started ta- the first year. You want to talk about a quarterback guru? Andy Reid is a quarterback guru. Go look at the quarterbacks he's coached and go look at what those quarterbacks have done ever since they left Andy Reid. Oh, listen, Alex Smith was a horrible quarterback in San Francisco. Took yep. him and changed his career. Well, he, he looked okay. I mean, he started working very, very well with John Harbaugh. I mean, not John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Jo- uh, what, what? Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. I mean, when, he, when Jim Harbaugh was coaching him, he, was, he got better. He got better because the coaches that he had before that were not <laughs> – Quarterback coaches. Jim Harbaugh came in and he worked with Alex Smith. He got better. He went to an NFC title game with Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. So I think he got better and better and better with Jim Harbaugh. And then he went to Kansas City. And then you saw what he did with Kansas City and Andy Reid. And Alex Smith was a first, first pick in the first round. He was a big-time draft stock pick. And he, he developed later in his career. Daniel Jones is going to be good. He just walked into a team that needed to win, and they're a better team, a way better team. Look at the Giants beat the last two weeks. Garbage teams. Tampa Bay, garbage. They actually should have lost it. Garbage teams. And then they went, and they played a team that's just better than them. And they played at home, too. It wasn't in Minnesota. They played at home. Daniel Jones looked, he still looks like a veteran. He, I know we only had 21 for 38, 182 yards, one touchdown, one interception. We all know the numbers. We, we saw the numbers. They couldn't get a running game in the game, as you could see. And that hurt them because they couldn't run the ball. And, and Minnesota knew what to do. Gallman was running all over last week. You stop their running game, they're not going to be able to throw. And that's what happened. That's what happened. And the Giants' defense, to me, even though they played well against two really bad teams, they're not a good defensive team. They're horrible against Tampa. And I think that as, as uh, the offseason comes around, they're going to have a lot of money to spend, and they're going to be able to rejuvenate that defense next year because they're going to be able to add two, three big names to that defensive line, which can change everything for that team because they have the money. They got over $100 million next year. So that, that defense could change in one year, especially with the free agents that are going to be available next year. I mean, they're not C.J. Mosley. I mean, they're not a top-end top linebacker that's going to be available, but they're going to be good defensive linemen that are going to be available. And they're going to have to overpay for them because they're a bad team. Golden Tate has looked bad since he's come back. All right? I, I'm sorry... I don't, think it, I don't think Golden Tate's any good. They overpaid for him. I didn't understand that move. I understand they had to replace Odell Beckham. But for, yeah, with Golden him four Tate. four years was crazy. 
With Golden Tate, it didn't make any sense. And Golden Tate looks old. Yes. That might be a bad contract for Gettleman in the future. Yeah, if it was a two-year deal, it would be fine. But four years for a speed receiver who's already looked like he's declining speed-wise. He does good. not look good. That's he really doesn't. Good. Who do we have on the phone? Jeff, for the second time. Jeff, what's going on, man? Speedy, I'm embarrassed for you, Speedy. Why? How you let him get away with blaming the reps two weeks in a row is ridiculous. You blame the reps for the loss last week. You, oh, oh, they should have thrown flags. And by the way, the, there was disproportionate amount of flags thrown against the Saints than there were the Cowboys. He still blamed the refs. Wasn't he blame on that loss yesterday? No, not Dak Prescott throwing interceptions on every possession. It was the referee's fault. This dude, dude, he, he's he's a rodeo clown. That's what he is. He's he's the Cowboys rodeo clown. That's all he is. It's unbelievable. Embarrassed for you, Speedy, that you couldn't hold his feet to the fire. Every week they lose, he blames the refs. What is yeah, the NFL he blames the refs for on not only that, he blames it for one thing that is, wait for it, actually garbage time, oh, which man. was the right call, fine, but it's one penalty. And it was 31-3 to halfway through the third quarter. He can say no all he wants. That's the facts, dude. You can look up the box score halfway through the third quarter, 31-3. to Yeah, for a quarter and that's a half. How, that's how Philip Rivers time. gained all his stats. Second Agreed. half garbage time. Oh, he's the king of garbage time. Because right. you have to, you have to pass to come back. It's amazing how good the refs were against Miami, though, huh? <laughs> Terrible. He's a rodeo clown. <laughs> he should just paint his face and go to the clown face and go to the go to the Cowboys games like that. He's a clown. Thanks, Jeff. Absolute clown. <laughs> okay, we gotta go to break. It's unbelievable. We gotta go to break, Jeff. Thanks. Hashtag ban the beaver. That freaking rodeo clown. Terrible. Oh, it's the refs' fault. Oh, geez, it's the refs. No, it's not the refs' fault. Your shitty quarterback. He stinks. Own it. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Happy Victory Monday, Mike. <laughs> Later, dude. Uh, that's Jeff again. Mm. Interesting. That's all I can say about that. Anyways, we're going to go to a quick break. We'll go through the NFL games, and we'll go through Speedy's uh, debate questions when we come back. one 877 This is Down to the Wire, and we're here at Ray's Cafe, 150 Motor Parkway, Long Island, Hobhog, New York. Check us out. Check Ray's out. His food is unbelievable. Guys, I'm telling you right now, come and watch the shows live every day here at Ray's. All you got to do is come in. We have a afternoon. We're going to have a morning show starting next Tuesday. It's going to be a great show, guys. You're going to like it. Mark's going to be here. Mark Kelly. We have Ryan coming in. It's going to be a great. We're going to have a morning show. We're going to have a midday show. We're going to have an afternoon show. We're going to have there's so many shows coming up. So stay tuned for that. Come down for come down to Ray's. He's open 8 to 4 every single Monday through Friday. Come and check his, his food, his acai bowls. I mean, everything is good. His hamburgers, his macaroni and cheese hamburgers, are to die for. Come over here and try Ray's sauce on his hamburger. We'll be back after this. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to, to Down, down to, to the, the Wire. wire. On the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. one 909 I'll tell you this, guys. I, I'll give everybody their own right to make their own opinions about sports. And that's what I love about sports radio. But some of the opinions that I read all over social media is absolutely ridiculous. I follow all these different groups of NFL, MLB, and some of the stuff that I hear. I understand you're a fan. I understand that you have every right to be a fan. But be a real fan. Some of those people are just trolling. Just anyway. be a real fan. I mean, some of the stupid things that you hear, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm not even going to mention some of the things that I read because it's garbage. 
absolutely garbage. The other day I heard, I, I, I was reading somebody debating Zion Williamson to LeBron James already. <laughs> Zion Williamson to LeBron James. Are you sure it wasn't Vinny Rupo? No, I, I just think <laughs> it's ridiculous. How could you even compare Zion Williamson, who hasn't even played an NBA game, to LeBron James? He was in a Sunday Night Football promo before he played a game. It, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyways, I want to go through some of the games that happened yesterday. I'm going to you want give the you some music. Yeah, give it to me. I'm going to go through it as quick as possible because we have, you know, some of the questions that you have. Mm-hmm. The LA and Seattle. I was actually on. I think I was on Rainy Street watching the game in a nice restaurant in Austin, Texas. I'll tell you this right now. L.A. looked really, really good at certain aspects of the game, but at the end of the game, they missed a field goal kick, which cost them a game. And Seattle, you know, at home, they're just unbeatable. They really are. And you thought that L.A. Rams were going to come out with a win, but Russell Wilson came out of nowhere, threw the ball very, very well in the second half, outplayed, outplayed the Rams' defense. The Rams had no answer for Russell Wilson. He had some amazing throws. Yes, had no answer in that game, and obviously the field goal uh, cost the L.A. Rams the game. It was a chip shot, and it cost them the game. I was very surprised the Rams missed that, especially Greg DeLay kicking that. I, you don't see that often. I don't know what it is. I, don't, I, I wonder if there's a stat for it. There's a lot of teams that miss game-winning kicks against the Seahawks for whatever reason. Maybe it's just the home. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe the wet field. Yeah. Jacksonville, Carolina. Christian McCaffrey is a beast. He's an absolute beast. If you have him on your fantasy team, I, I don't want to play him I next week. Against him this week. I do not want to play oh. him next week. I think I'm playing him next week. He's been a beast. Right now, there's only one running back that has better numbers than him in his first three years, and that's Jim Brown. And when you're, you're, you're talking about Barry Sanders, you're talking about all these different guys. He's been unbelievable his first couple of years Didn't in the NFL. He didn't even start the entire first year either. It's unbelievable. It's remarkable. He, he looks like a stud, and he actually stays healthy, which is incredible for the position that he plays. So Christian McCaffrey, um, and their, their backup quarterback looks like, a, looks like a starting quarterback in the NFL. Let's see what Carolina does when Cam Newton comes back. I'm very intrigued and very interested to see what Carolina is going to do when that happens. This is a scary team to think it with offense, though. That defense is nasty, too. Arizona and Cincinnati. Kyler Murray won his first game, and it wasn't an impressive win, okay? I I understand Kingsbury had his first win, and Kyler Murray looked uh, decent in certain parts of the game. They didn't look good against a very bad Cincinnati Bengals team. They barely won that game. Cincinnati practically gave them the win, I think. If Andy Dalton even played average, they win that game. (laughs) Absolutely. They did not look good, Arizona. So I I, I see the smiles from the Arizona guys. There was nothing to smile about in that game. It wasn't good. Atlanta and Houston, I told you, Speedy, Atlanta again put up an egg. This That's is a bad how defense. Bad, how, it's this is a bad, a bad defense. defense. It was a bad game plan, too. I don't know how those receivers were not getting open anymore against that horrible secondary for the Texans. I don't know, but I'll tell you this right now. Watching that game made me throw up. Made me throw up. And you know why? Because it was a wide receiver. That I didn't start in my Yahoo League. He was on my bench. I didn't start him. He had three touchdowns, and you know who I'm talking about. Who am I talking about, Speedy? Will Fuller. That's right. Seen I don't him. think anybody did, so. I mean, three touchdowns uh, at a close to 200 yards. He was unbelievable. And I'll tell you this. Uh, Watson is for real. Yes. Anybody is. that doesn't think Watson's for real. And I remember, I, I remember to remember Kyler, Kyle Carroll coming out and telling me that Watson was a bust. 
By the way, Kyle, he's not a bust. He's one of the best one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and best two way quarterbacks in the league as well. Top three best two way quarterback in the league. If he didn't struggle last week against Carolina, you're probably talking about a dark horse. Their offensive candidates. line, their offensive line stinks. I know that. I'm just saying. Numbers-wise. He's he incredible. If he didn't struggle last week, he's a dark horse MVP candidate. He's incredible. Deshaun Watson is incredible. New Orleans and, and Tampa, I, I don't have anything to say. I don't care I don't care what we saw Teddy Bridgewater do in the game. He threw over 300 and some odd yards. He looked good. He played against a crappy team. Tampa's terrible. And by the way, guess who I heard is the lead go-getter getting that job for the Redskins? From the Saints? From Tampa. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. That would be the most Dan Snyder thing of all time. That's what I'm hearing. Todd Bowles oh is one God. of the lead guys. <laughs> oh, I will laugh. Of getting that job because he was an ex-Redskin. I'm telling you, I have a I feeling mean, he's going to get that job. Tampa's defense has been improved, but you just saw what he went through as the Jets head coach. Really? But again, it's Dan Snyder, so it wouldn't surprise Terrible. me. Terrible. <laughs> Chicago and Oakland. Listen, Oakland's been very impressive. Yeah. They've been very impressive. They beat a very good Chicago team. And I know Chicago doesn't have their starting quarterback, which is definitely going to hurt them until Trubinsky comes back. And everybody says Trubinsky's not a big part of that team. He absolutely is a big part of that offense. And you saw it yesterday. But uh, Oakland played well defensively, offensively. And, and Jacobs ran the ball very, very well. So it was very impressive. Well, it was supposed to be the Khalil Mack revenge game was the Jacobs I'm worth the pick revenge game. <laughs> Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Well, it was a close game. And I was very surprised Pittsburgh stayed in the game. It's a shame what happened to, uh, what's his name again? Mason uh, Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, the quarterback. Uh, Juju was uh, very upset. He started crying and went to his knees because he got practically knocked out by the Baltimore Ravens. By the way, that was intentional. He should be suspended from that game uh, for, for at least a game this year. So we'll see what happens with, with the NFL and what they're going to do with him. I think it was Smith, right? No, it was Earl Thomas. Okay, Earl Thomas. So I think he should be suspended. I think it was intentional. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Buffalo and Tennessee. Sloppy, Buffalo. sloppy. Hey, listen, Buffalo looks real, man. Buffalo looks real. They, defense, they won a game where the Titans missed four kicks. <laughs> who cares? Their defense looks really good. And defense wins championships. And, and Josh Allen, he hasn't looked great, but he looks decent. And you can win with a decent quarterback with a great defense. And you're seeing it right now, a 4-1 and one Buffalo Bills team that could have beaten the Patriots a week before that. Could have beaten them if Josh Allen didn't get knocked out. So... They could be 5-0 and oh right now. They could be four and, uh, 3 and 2 if their Titans knew how to kick. And how about the Jets? They could, be, they could have lost that game with okay. the Jets if uh, C.J. Moe. But the, That's fair. In, in, in football, anything can happen. Any given Sunday. New England and Washington, there's really <laughs> nothing to say. Washington fired, and we're going to get into that in a little oh, while. Oh, I can't wait for them to get top balls. Yes. <laughs> I will laugh. They fired their coach, so we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Denver and the L.A. Chargers. I'll tell you this right now. I don't know what's going on with the Chargers. I have no idea what's going on with the Chargers. It's, it, I, maybe Phillip Rivers is done. I, I, I don't know. He has not looked good this year. This offense hasn't looked good. And this defense hasn't been getting to the quarterback. And yeah, that's a problem. Keenan Allen, they've had nothing. It, it's just really embarrassing. And Indianapolis and Kansas City. Indianapolis offensive line looks beastly. Quentin Nelson looks mean. That offensive line is dominant. I mean, they were pushing around Kansas's de- Kansas City's defense. A Kansas City defense the last couple of weeks has looked decent. Uh, they couldn't get anything. They couldn't get anything to the quarterback. Brissett was running all over them, and he had that touchdown that I, I don't know where the defense was at the, at, at, in the red zone. I have no idea They're what happened. Zone and they just 
Sixers didn't see it, I guess. Quinn Nelson was impressive. When I watched that game last night, he was very impressive. How good were those backup linebackers, too? I, I don't know, man. I, they had no Darius Leonard, and then they had no Malik Hooker either as a safety. Those backups were really good in that game. Quinn Nelson was the, the one that stood out to me in that game. The way he was talking, a player got knocked down, and he went right up to the, the can, one of the Kansas City defensive linemen, and he was right in their faces. I like that. That's mean. That's what, the, that's what the Jets need. That's what a lot of teams need. You need a mean guy in your offensive line that is actually good. And I'm not talking about Hernandez because I, I think he's highly overrated when the Giants drafted him in the second, early second round. I don't think he's any good, and I think he's, uh, he's turned out to be not the player. He's fine, that, but he's far from elite. Uh, he, he's not as good as everybody thought he was going to be. But Quentin Nelson is a piece. And we talked about the other games. But that's it. All right. So now on to the questions. Yes, let's go to the questions, Speedy, right, so and we'll, we'll get some music on that too. We'll, okay? s- we'll start with the Redskins. They did fire Jay Cruden. Five so o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 5 a.m. this morning, they called Jay Gruden to the, the uh, owner's box, and they fired him at five o'clock in the morning. That is the most Dan Snyder thing to do, too. <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. Could you imagine waking up five o'clock in the morning and going – to the owner's uh, office and getting fired at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'd be pissed. Absolutely pissed. Bill Callahan took over for the team. <laughs> yeah, okay. The, the same guy that he screwed... He went to the Super Bowl. The same, yeah, he went to the Super Bowl and screwed the Raiders in the Super Bowl because he didn't want to coach there. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, that Bill Callahan. That is another Dan Snyder kind of thing. So who are possible head coaching candidates? I know you brought up Todd Bowles. If they're interim, which apparently is Bill Callahan. Number one. Work. Number one. I'm hearing Todd Bowles is the number one guy they're going to interview. <laughs> Oh, yes. Classic Redskins. All right, so we did MLB playoffs. Uh, let's go to this. Melvin Gordon still doesn't get primary usage in the Chargers' backfield as they got upset by the Broncos. When do you think he will get back to his feature role? Next week. I think you're going to see a lot of Melvin Gordon next week because I think Melvin is right now pissed off. Losing that game, not touching the ball. I think, he had, I think he had 20-something yards in that game. He touched the ball, I think, Eight or nine times or 12 times. I yeah, don't I don't know. know how much it was exactly. He got a lot of the early touches, but then he didn't get a lot after that. They wean away from him, and I don't understand it. And I understand they have two decent running backs, but they're not Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I think 12 carries, 31 yards, and then one catch for uh, – or four catches for seven yards. I think you're going to see a lot of Melvin Gordon next week. They're going to have to use Melvin Gordon next week. Who do they play next week? I'm trying to figure that out. If they're playing a team that can't stop the run, you'll, you'll probably see a lot – of Melvin Gordon. They are playing at the Titans, who do have a good run defense. It's going to be interesting next week, but I think they could beat them. The Chargers need to wake up, man, because if they don't wake up, I thought they were going to be the surprise team coming out of the AFC. Yeah, didn't you say they were going to beat the Patriots? Yes, I did. Yeah. I I didn't think, did anybody think that their defense was not going to show up in the first five games of the season? Come on. They have not showed up. That defense has not shown up. I don't know what's going on, and Phillip Rivers looks old. He looks old this year. Yeah, besides Keenan Allen, they've had nothing. All right, we talked about the Colts and the Chiefs. Uh, you, t- you talked about the offense, and I wanted to bring up the defense. Do you think the Colts could keep winning with the defense and running game the way it, they played against the Chiefs? Yes, I do. I think that offensive line is as dominant as any offensive line we've seen in the last five years, just as good as the Cowboys' offensive line when they were dominant. That's how good this offensive line looked last night against a good defense. Not a great defense, but a good defense. They were pushing them around. The line of scrimmage didn't move. Quinn Williams, when they were on the red zone, he was pushing the the defensive lineman to the end zone. That's how strong he is. That offensive line was dominating. Mack was running all over that defense. 
So, yes, I think they could win, and I think they can go far in the playoffs. Even Woodford said. That offensive line is dominant. You can win with a good offensive line. And that defense, when they get healthy, they're going to be scary yeah. good, too. How good they played without Leonard, Hooker, and I think they were missing a corner, too. They're uh, going to be scary yeah, good, too. I, they were really Very well-built team. That Very might, well. That might be... I mean, we talk about the good defensive coordinators, Wade Phillips, Vic Fangio, guys like that. Whoever the Colts have, I don't even remember his name. He might be the best young defensive coordinator in the league. He could be. Don't be surprised if he's a head coach somewhere. He might be, yeah. All right, so as the captain of the A.J. Green trade him hype train, this came out. Anonymous GM said that Bengals could get first-round pick for A.J. Green. How much do you believe this report, and which teams do you think would be the best fit to be traded to? Obviously, for a first-round pick if it happens. Go ahead, Mike. You think you can get a first-round draft pick for A.J. No. Green? I don't either. No. I don't either. On a contract year and he's 30 and over, no. 31. 30 and over, whatever. Yeah. And no. I think I still think he's a, he could be an elite wide receiver. And well, I think, he hasn't stepped on the field yet. Yeah. He has, if he can get on the field before week eight and show dominance, maybe a second-round pick. Maybe. I don't even think a second round. You're going to get a third-round draft pick for A.J. Green because of his age. Could he be an elite wide receiver still in the league? We have to see when he gets on the field. But he's got the speed. He's got the ability. He's got the hands. And that's the thing about A.J. Green. It wasn't his legs that made him dominant. It was his hands. So your hands don't – you don't lose in your hands. And you saw Jerry Rice all those years. He played – I think Jerry Rice played till he was like 35, 36 because of his hands. You don't have to be fast to be a good wide receiver. I believe A.J. Green will go to a team next year and be a number one guy on that team. I just don't think you're going to get a first round or a second round. I really can't see them getting a first round. I agree with Mike where I can see them getting a second round if he plays well in Taylor's offense. And I think he'll have some time to prove it when he does come back. He's a free agent next year. I think No, I think they'll give him like two games and then if they trade him at the trade deadline I'm talking about. so I think That's a guy that the Jets would definitely have to look at next year. If he's a free agent, yes. yes. I think he will be a free agent. I think he's going to go to free agency. I think if any team gives up a second-round pick for it, they're going to sign him right away, though. It's not going to happen. There's not not a team. I think there's enough receiver-urgent teams that could do that, though, because there's a lot of teams that are either really good with their receiving core or really bad. So I could see it happening. We'll see. All right. uh, Stephon Diggs playing after trade rumors throughout the week, him not showing up to practice. And then after the game, he defended Kirk Cousins. He defended Adam Thielen, the offensive coordinator. Do you believe he wants to stay there long-term, or do you think this is a fluke? He wants to get out of there. I don't care what anybody says. All this stuff that we're hearing with Diggs, he's saying, oh, I want to be here. I want to play. He doesn't like Kirk Cousins. Thielen doesn't like Kirk Cousins. Nobody likes Kirk Cousins, I'm hearing. That locker room is back and forth. The offense, Some of the offensive line like him. Some of the other offensive line doesn't like him. I mean, Kirk Cousins has really dug himself in a hole right now because his two wide receivers are fighting. They want to see more of the ball. They don't get along with him. And it seems like they're they're running the ball more than they're throwing the ball with Cooks the way he's running the ball. So I'm very very interested to see what this offense is going to do in the second half of the season because I think that they're going to try to trade Diggs. I don't believe that he wants to be there. I think the only reason why he wants to be there right now is because he thinks that they have a chance to win a Super Bowl this year. Mike, what do you think? Well, I don't... I'm going to go on the on the opposite side to where I don't think he wants out. I don't think Minnesota wants Diggs anymore because they gave him that big contract and he hasn't really performed well enough. And because certain teams could use, you know, a 1A wide receiver and he's under contract, I think Minnesota might want to deal him because dealing is a true number one, has been productive no matter what. And I think that's going to be the case. It's interesting. 
Very interesting. All right, last one for football. Sam Darnold will start on Sunday, allegedly, if he passes some lab tests that he's doing on Tuesday. Is this a reasonable timetable for him to return, or do you think the Jets rushing him back hurts them? It's a mistake. It's an absolute mistake. I don't care what the Jet fans say. I know they can't sit him out the whole season. This is your franchise. This offensive line gave up 10 sacks last week. He's going to die behind the line of scrimmage. Look at Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck retired at a young age because he was getting beaten up in the beginning of his career because they didn't build around an offensive line. Sam doesn't have an offensive line. He's a talented quarterback. I'm not saying he's Andrew Luck yet, but he could be. And you're going to put your franchise quarterback in a line of trouble against a very good defensive line. I think it's a big mistake for the Jets. If he comes back next week, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets knocked out early in the game. I, I I think it's a bad idea for the New York Jets. I don't put him in that situation. I don't. All right. We were starting to talk about this earlier with, with Brian, but uh, NBA, Daryl Morey sends a controversial tweet about Hong Kong and China protests and apparently is diminishing the relationship between the Chinese basketball and the NBA. Do you think this could cost Morey his job and then international relationships with the NBA? How much do you think that could cost him? I don't think it's going to hurt international play because of the Olympics and everything that's going on worldwide. They do this World Cup every single year. Different teams play, world championships. I don't think it's going to hurt sending players to the NBA because the players are going to come here anyways. They want to make money. And you're going to make the most money here in the NBA because they overpay with all the CBA rules and all the different uh, commercial deals and TV deals that they have, all these organizations. Does it hurt the Houston Rockets? Absolutely does. Because who foreign-wise, as far as European players are going to want to stay there or want to sign or want to be traded there or even want to re-sign with them with all the different accusations that are coming out from the organization right now. I think it hurts the Houston Rockets. Does it hurt the NBA? No, not at all. I think Adam Silver knows what he's doing. I think he's a very good GM. I think he's the, I mean, not GM, um, commissioner. commissioner in the NBA. I think he's been very impressive. He's made a lot of money for the NBA since he's taken over for David Stern. I think in in the long run, it's going to hurt a lot of players from overseas to come and play for Houston. It could affect them in the future because there's a lot of great young players coming from Houston. Nobody's going to want to play there. So how about you, Mike? What do you think? I mean, obviously the general manager is under major aspects with making that comment. It's not going to hurt the league because basketball is trending worldwide, so it has nothing to do with the league. And, in per, you know, in all honesty, if we're going to take every comment that everybody makes to the extent of anything, then, you know what, we're starting to become a very sensitive country about anything. I agree with you on that. I, and I it's, don't, it's really getting pathetic. I don't pathetic. usually agree with you. It's really getting pathetic. A, my, a, a, a meaningless comment is getting talked about to, to severity to where it's going to start ruining people's lives. I'm sorry. Are we starting to become a real sensitive nation? Well, get over it. We've been a sensitive nation for a very, very it's long pathetic. time. It's really starting to get pathetic. And, and it's all about social media. I've been saying this. Social media is the devil. And everybody's on social media. Everybody. And I, I, to me, I'm a radio show host, and we run this radio station. I still don't go on social media as much as I should because I see what is going on throughout social media world. I, I see what's going on. It doesn't help that people are talking and if you when you start to blow up and you start to get big that's when people start to watch you or listen to what you write all you got to do is say one word it can ruin everything so 
It doesn't help anything. All right, last two are baseball. Ronald Acuna and Carlos Martinez exchanging words after Acuna. I'll let you answer this. Homered in game one and and did a bat flip, had a stare, and then he walked in game three and stared at him and looked like they were going to fight before Yadier Molina held him back. Uh, Is this a feud that you think will continue and you think it has been the reason Carlos Martinez is in trouble this postseason? Well, personally, I think Carlos Martinez stinks, so he shouldn't be the closer. And they keep bringing him in and he keeps blowing the game, so I'll blame that on the manager. And in all honesty, listen, he's the one that started it. Because as a batter, when you drive it a big run or you get a big hit when it matters, you're always going to show emotion. And unfortunately, if Carlos Martinez hasn't realized, the Latin ball players all show emotion. So regardless of getting an out or getting a big hit. So I don't really care about it. Let it go. And if you can't take it, then don't do it. Or get the guy out and shut him up. Plain and simple, it's meaningless to me right now. It's interesting because you can go back and forth and argue those points. And you talk about a closure. You talk about a five-tool player. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go on the side of Acuna. Acuna is, to me, one of the top ten players right now in the major leagues. He's 22 years old. He's a kid. He's a kid. And he's emotional. Everything that he does is emotion. You talk about some of these young um, Spanish players, you talk about Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and even Venezuelan and, and, and these Caribbean players. They're all emotional players. They're going to show their emotion. The fact that Martinez is standing there and he's giving his look and he's standing at staring him down because Acuna is staring him down, let him run around the play. If he's, if he's in the ball, let him run. If you care so much, strike his ass out. Strike him out. If you strike him out, you'll shut him up. Acuna is going to hit the ball. He's going to get a hit. He's going to stick it in your face. That's just the way baseball is. That's the way any sports is. Watch football. When they score a touchdown, there are players like Larry Fitzgerald that's not going to dance around the end zone. And there are guys like Odell Beckham that's going to lift his leg and make it seem like he's pissing all over a symbol. Players are different. So, all right, last one. Mickey Calloway on Thursday was fired by the Mets. Where do you think they should look for their next manager, and where do you think the Wilpons will end up looking? Go ahead, Mike. You're a, you're a Mets fan. Well, uh, thankfully, he's gone. <laughs> thankfully. Uh, I mean, there's still more to go, but thankfully at least they got something right. Honestly, I've been saying this all along. To me, the Mets resemble the Islanders. If you don't get well-respected people inside your organization to change the garbage all the way around in the perception, you're not going to win. You're going to keep going the same route, and you're going to keep losing, and then losing respect, and then the fan base and everything else. I'll say this, and I'll say it again. If they don't bring in somebody with high-end credentials like the Islanders brought in Trotz, there's only a few guys on that list. One of them is Girardi. One of them is Buck Showalter. Guys that have been doing it and command the respect and have the knowledge and the tutelage to bring and change the franchise going forward. If they don't do that, they're just going to be stuck with another lousy season thinking that the owners and this dumb GM think they know what they're doing. So if they don't bring somebody with that type of um, managerial experience, it's all wasting everybody's time. It sounds like Joe Madden's going to Anaheim. So... I think it's Joe Girardi. It has to be Joe Girardi. I know you're going to say Buck Showalter. He works very, very well with young players. So what he did with no, I was only mentioning him it's, as yeah, having that experience and commands the respect. Joe Girardi is the guy. If I was right now Brody, I'd be 
calling him up, doing the interview right now, and sign, sign the contract, sign, deliver, and let's go. Let's go into next season. Who cares who wins the championship this year? Joe Girardi has won. He's one of the winningest coaches. He was the winningest coach in 10 years before he lost a job with the Yankees. The guy's smart. He understands how to work a bullpen. He will make that bullpen much better next year. And Enwood Diaz next year will be a better closer because Joe Girardi is there. So Joe Girardi is the answer. They don't want to spend a lot of money on that bullpen. They don't. They don't want to spend it. You know the will punch. Get the best guy for the job when it comes to bullpen and understanding how to run your bullpen. And that's Joe Girardi. He is the best in the league at understanding how to run your bullpen. He's the guy you go after. That's the guy. That's the circle right there. If the Mets are smart, Brody brings him in. He's the guy. He's going to help that brass. He's going to help rediscover what Met, you know, Met baseball has not been in the last, I don't know, five years. They went to a World Series a couple of years ago. Ever since Terry Collins has been gone, they're the laughing stock of the, to me, in the National League, one of the laughing stocks besides Miami. <laughs> They've been a laughing stock. And they have good young players. Bring Joe Girardi in. He can help every one of those players out. He's going to help grow Pete Alonso. Because Pete Alonso, I, I believe they're going to fix the baseballs this year. I really do. I think the league has been complaining about it. I think pitchers and hitters have been complaining about it. I think they're going to figure things out. You're not going to see 53, 54 home runs by Pete Alonso next year. So you need to you need to bring in a guy that's going to help him with his swing. He batted, what, 260 this year? That's got to go up. That's got to go up for Pete Alonso. And I think Joe Girardi is the guy to do it. He did it with he did it with Aaron Judge. He did it with Gary Sanchez. I think that's the guy. That's the guy. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's, 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 Joe Gir- if the, the Mets would be stupid right now, do not think of any other manager. It's Joe Girardi. It's no question Joe Girardi is your coach. If you look at anybody else and you hire anybody else, Brody, you're an idiot. You're an idiot because you got the guy right in front of you. He can bring you to the promised land. He can help you win a World Series. You need a good bullpen. Why not bring the best guy for the job, the guy that understands bullpens more than anybody in baseball? That's the guy. So that's my opinion. Anyways, that's it for our show. Remember, our number is one 877 I'd like to thank Mike, a.k.a. The Beef, calling the show. Jeff and uh, Brian, Snowman, for calling the show. Thank you for calling the show, uh, interacting with the Rockets and what we think about the Rockets. I think the Rockets are going to be a lot better than he says they're going to be this year. They're going to be very explosive, and I think Russell Westbrook in that offense is going to be scary running up and down that that court. That's going to be an explosive offense. But Russell Westbrook is an underrated defensive player, and I I don't know what he's talking about, saying that they're not going to have any defense. I think their defense, Clinton Capella is a a good defensive player. They have good defensive players. It's mainly those two, though, and that's it. But Russell Westbrook is a good guy that can defend the top point guard on every other team. So you can put him on, not James Harden. James Harden doesn't play a lick of defense. (laughs) So... I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be an explosive team to watch this year. I think they're going to be a lot better than people say they're going to be. But um, I'd like to thank all the fans that listen to our show every single day. CJ, all of them, everybody that puts in support what we do here. Tyler will be back tomorrow. Uh, the home stretch will be back tomorrow. We'll have um, Guido's show. The, um, the Haystack will be here tomorrow. Uh, Matt will be here tomorrow, I think. So we're going to have pretty much a full, as far as what we have on our show so far, we have three shows, but... 
in the next week, week and a half, we're going to have at least two or three new radio shows on our network during the week. So stay tuned for that. And we're, I'm working on getting a hockey show in here. So that's uh, something that we're going to be working on. We're going to do it at least once or twice a week, get a hockey show in here where I think the hockey fans can be interactive with uh, the show. So stay tuned for that. Again, it's one eight seven seven nine zero nine ninety nine seventy seven. WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Follow us, guys. Go to our website. We have all the stories. I'm going to actually have a story up by either tomorrow or the next day about the Tom Coughlin event. I'm going to have pictures and videos put up there. So stay tuned for that. We're working on the app. The app should be up in a couple, I hope, a couple of weeks. So that's something. And we're going to have a whole new sponsor and advertisement campaign very, very soon as well. Um, that's it for our show. Thank you, Speedy, uh, as you uh, do a good job here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And shout-out to Cafe Ray's. Come and check out Cafe Ray's and all his delicious foods. 150 Motor Parkway, Hop Hog, New York. Guys, you can come and watch the shows live here at the studio, here at the cafe. Definitely come and check it out. WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, Periscope. Come and check us out. Tune in radio. And yes, iHeartRadio and Sirius Radio. Not Sirius XM Radio, but Sirius Radio. You can check out our shows replayed on that and all the podcasts on iTunes. We're all over the place. So check us out if you missed any of our shows. Uh, that's it. I heard Joker's a good movie. I'm hoping to go and see that this I think week. I might go see that too one yeah. day. I heard it's a really good movie. I so. heard it's slow, but it's really good. Yeah, that's what I heard. So I'm interested to go and see that movie. And Speedy, safe trip home, my friend. You drove here? Oh, my God. I, I know. His grandfather is really starting to tick me off here. He needs to let you drive, man. What is he afraid of? No, I drive when I'm there, but I wasn't there today. No. Anyways, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back on Speedy? Next Monday. That's right. And down to the wall. I mean, below the mic will not be playing this week, actually, because it's Brittany's birthday on Thursday. So I'm going to be doing the meetings from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. So by the time the meetings are over, it's going to be 11 o'clock. So um, we're not going to be doing below the mic, but we will be back full-fledged next week. And I'm working on Cage Den MMA doing uh, Friday this week, but it won't be at 6.30 on Friday. I might move it out to 10 o'clock if um, – uh, what's it? Rodney. Rodney wants to do it at 10 o'clock. If not, it'll, both shows will be back next week. And next week is going to be our new morning show, and we're going to have some new shows and new, new guys in our network very, very soon, and possibly new gals as well. So until then, this is Errol Marks, Mikey C., and Speedy Petey saying good night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.